Talks, and welcome to a brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. I am excited for another show. I want to thank all of our viewers, all of our listeners that's been rocking with us, man. You know, we were supposed to put out a show last week, but I wasn't able to, so I apologize for that. But we are back with another, you know, dope show, man. This is episode 67, right? 67. Let me make sure I got that right. Yep, episode 67 of season three of Out the Box Talks. Um, another dope MC that I got on the show today that I'm so excited to talk to tonight. Been checking out his music for a little while now, and he's got a lot going on, man. He's actually a native from Brooklyn, you know, so we're going to build with him in a little bit. He's from the same town that Krill is from, <laughs> so um, I'm really excited to build with him. But before we jump into the interview of the night, I do want to put up some banners. You know, I got to remind y'all, the website is outtheboxmedia.com. That's where you can go to find out about all of our previous shows. You know, we got our merch store, which is uh, available now by just going to that website. Uh, we also have, I'll throw up the merch store right there. It's outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com. If you want to give donations to Out The Box, you can hit us, hit us up at paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon page where you can get exclusive interviews, right? We have exclusive interview clips from uh, artists that, and these are interview clips that you have not heard before, right? So you got to be a subscriber on the Patreon page to be able to find that. So uh, make sure, man, um, if you if you like what we do and you feel like you you want to hear more about this great content that we offer, definitely feel free and encouraged to hit up that Patreon page. And if you want to give donations, you could also hit us up on Cash App at Out The Box Rep. If you love what we do as far as Out The Box, if you like the thought-provoking content, the creative, the conscious, the quality hip-hop artists that we have on the show, feel free to support, all right? Uh, and also remember that uh, the podcast are also on the audio platforms, right? So you could go to Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, Stitcher, Overcast, where you, wherever you generally listen to audio podcasts, you can find a high-quality podcast, um, to audio podcast to all of these shows, right? So this show we're going to do tonight, there'll be a video version that will be on YouTube, but there will also be an audio version uh, available on, you know, platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. So I just wanted to get that out the way and, uh, you know, just remind the folks, you know, sometimes I got to remember to let the folks know about that. So as I said, man, the guest that I have tonight is hailing from the borough of Brooklyn. He has been making some strides for himself. I want to say since about 2018, he put out a project call from the burning East with love then in 2019, ooh, he had a really interesting, busy year in 2019. He dropped Alone Throughout Heaven and Earth, then a project with Pink Sifu called Black Sand. Then he dropped two Mad Moon projects. And then in 2020, another, another successful year, man. It's just so many releases coming from this brother as of, as of you know, late. So he put out a project called Like Hajimi with a best friend, 
and Ride Alone Fly Together, which is the project which I first got wind of him uh, of, uh, which he which he Bliss produced, and Eleventh uh, Win in twenty twenty, and then just recently, I want to say like a few days ago, uh, he dropped an EP called the Lightwork EP, which is cool because I was supposed to interview this brother a week back, and it, it worked out that um he. Released the project right before I got a chance to interview him. So we'll talk about a number of his projects, more more of his recent projects than the previous. And we'll get to know him a little bit uh, more today in this show. So uh, to our listeners of Out the Box and all of our viewers, without further ado, for our episode 67, I would like to welcome to our show... My brother hailing from Brooklyn, New York, Akai Solo. Welcome, welcome. Good. That's good. Hello. Yo, thanks for having me. Love. I appreciate it. That that introduction was fire. <laughs> Indeed, brother. It's a pleasure to have you, man. I thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and you know, just being able to grace the audience tonight. How's everything with you? Uh, everything is everything is calm. Everything is as copacetic as is, I guess, plausible at the moment. And yeah, I mean, I feel like every day when somebody asks me how am I doing, I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm chilling. I'm not dead. And I feel like that's not the uh, that's like the absolute bottom of the situation. As long as I could try to conceive some sort of way out of it, it, whatever befalls me, I feel like that's a step forward. So, like, I'm chilling. Dope, How dope. You? I'm good. Thanks for asking, brother. I appreciate that. You know, I, I think I was telling you uh, in a, either in a DM or, you know, through the email that I had heard about you before, but what really brought your name to the forefront for me was hearing you on the With the Shifts project by Masai. Mm -hmm. And it was just something about the way you came on that track that just was like, that that intrigued me and brought me into you. And I'm so happy to be able to build with you because when I was talking with Masai, she was like, yeah, you got to hit up the bro, you know? <laughs> you know, so I was like, yeah, definitely. I knew within time that it would happen. And I think this is like perfect time because you just released a project uh, a couple days ago. Well, no, it was yesterday. But by the time they hear this show, it'll be about two days or three days in. So I want to talk to you about that project. But before we get into some of your music, please let the people know a little bit about your journey. Like, how did you come to the realization that music was something you wanted to pursue? Uh, I feel like it kind of started, um, I mean, yeah. I, I always, in school, my favorite subject is English. So like, I always liked writing and like books and all that stuff. So poetry is like the, the creative cousin to all of those essays and shit that I had to write. So it was like a cool sort of um, like secondary pastime for me and I kind of just stuck with it. I never really treated it super seriously, but I just was like, all right, I'm way better at this than like my geometry test. So I'm going to look at this with some sort of enthusiasm. 
And then as I like progressed and got towards like my junior year of high school, me and my homies would just start classic shit beating on the tables and uh, just rapping to the to the rhythm. And it just started out as us like berating each other and like cutting each other asses. And then at some point we tried to like not be so disparaging and, and like try to like put clever shit and get more intelligent with it and witty. And then some people were like, hey, you guys aren't super bad. And then we made a we made a little rap group and that had its little stride for a while. I like tried to inject myself in like a talent show type of thing in the cafeteria. I like froze up, got booed. Mm. We had one rule, wasn't supposed to curse. I cursed, got frustrated. I think I said like, damn, or like shut the hell up or some shit. And like, they like cut my mic and all of that. And like, I went through that and I kind of like, I graduated and like everybody fell off. And then I kind of was like the only one that kind of stuck with it, even when I was in college. And then I would just like, whatever there was like little gatherings or whatever with like um extracurricular teams or like there was like a um a non-letter organization that was like alongside the fraternities and like there were some people in that who would like rap or whatever and i would just pull up in all these little pockets and i would just be like yo what y'all doing y'all rapping and i mean and i would just do that and i just kept doing that and then at some point i was like yo man what would it be like if i was able to like stabilize this or like take this like even more seriously and try to like do I have anything to say or anything like that? Mm. And before I had a concrete answer to that question, I was like losing sleep over trying to write raps and doing it. So I realized I was kind of already hooked. And yeah, the rest, I just took it from there. I just started doing my homework and thinking about like what I didn't know and what I felt like I should know, like my rite of passage and like all of that. And yeah. Dope, dope. You know, it's interesting you said um, about you know, not using profanity, right, in the actual, you know, when you were coming up. Uh, like, what do you, what did that experience um, teach you? Like, just having that challenge where you ended up slipping out with the curse word. Like, did you, did that, um, did you think about, like, wow, like, that, did that challenge you and give you a new perspective moving forward? Uh. Yeah, like for a while, like, and the thing is, it's not like I wasn't like cursing at that point. Like, I definitely was cursing, but it was it was an interesting ch- like this was like that specific little like a uh, contesting that I was referring to. Like, it was oversaw by like the faculty, so like right. the only way that they was gonna let that rock was like, all right, we gonna let y'all corral in the cafeteria. Like, we better not hear nothing crazy. And like, yeah, and I I had it until like somebody was like somebody yelled something like some other student and i was just like damn like, he was talking shit and i was like come on man like i know i'm not popular nothing but let me rock and like that just got the best of me but that that gem in itself it was a cool little exercise because like for a long time i subconsciously would do things like that like i would try to like not resort to like the uh regular pitfalls of like uh, structuring a song like i would see like if i could limit how many times i gotta say nigga before I say nigga and I'll do shit like that before I educated myself on like the utilization and the importance of those nuances. And then I realized that those just don't make a nigga dumber or let, or have his, his raps have less substance than the other nigga. You could be really wordy and not be saying shit. Your shit don't got no weight. That's so true. it's like, it was, it's really, it was a really humbling process catching the whole full circle of the thing. And like that shit has had like a profound influence on like the development of my style. Cause it's like, 
it allowed me to realize, and I knew it already, but it just reinforced the the thought that there's really no rules to this shit. Like you could kind of you 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 your path is yours to carve. And of course, we look at like our ancestors and those that came before us, and we look at the imprints they steps made and see what we could glean from that. But like that's not required. You know, you can there, there's 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 tons of dirt in which you can make your own prints. Mm. So it was like my whole thing right now is trying to find a median of both of those, which which I would call like the perfect stride. And yeah, but like it, it was a cool challenge while it lasted. Then I realized it, it doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, mm. like make sure it's authentic first. And then after you get what's authentic out on the paper. Then you can fine tune that and put the writer's touch on it and like make that the shit that nobody could fuck with. But if what if the raw material is not genuine first, to me the song is already like yeah. yeah. So it, it what I notice about your music is like when you hear it on first listen, it, it just sounds raw anyway. So I think um you know you you tapping into that raw sound early has continued to manifest you know in your music. <clears throat> so tell us about your name. Where exactly does it derive from? Because when I think about it, automatically I'm hearing the beat machine, right? <laughs> the Akai beat machine. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I want to give you a chance to break that down where the name comes from. Uh, sure. My it's it's an acronym: uh, Ascended Killer, Absolving Ignorance, Souls of Lords Omniscient, and then for Akai is Japanese for my favorite color, which is red. So it's kind of like a double whammy. I kind of turned my name into a bar, I guess, from mm. my existence. My first rap name used to be Kite, which was Killing Ignorance Throughout Eternity. Mm. And at some point, I got to a place where I didn't, like right before I dropped from the Burning Meets with Love, I felt like the music that I was putting up, like I felt like I had ran like the, the appropriate distance with that name. I didn't, I felt like I was at a turning point and I didn't think that that name did it anymore. Mm. and it's not like i rebuked that name like that name is still like i got that name tatted i don't have a kai tatted i have mm. kai tatted so it's like if you know me and you call me that and i'm like hey nigga chill out like it's it is my name they're all my names but um yeah i just felt to a point where i needed a new name and it was a kai and another another possibility and like i slept on it i asked a couple homies which one sounded easier which one did you feel like you would feel like being like yo i'm a fan of x's music would you feel like you'd like saying this mm -hmm. name or does this name seem easier to say in your brain and then i like i woke up and i was like all right this one and i went with it and yeah the rest is history so. dope dope so I want to get some of these names, you know, out of the way and just ask you about it. So the next name I want to talk about is Taze Grip, which mm. is, to my understanding, sounds like it's a collective, but I'll let you tell it. What does Taze Grip stand for? Give some insight on the movement and Taze Grip's contribution to music. Sure. Uh, Taze Grip is a collective that I lead. Um, it's comprised of tons of talented people that i've met since i started making music seriously and most of us are from new york uh taze like the whole thing behind the name is like grip is the imprint that i want it was always the sensation and like the experience that i wanted us to leave on this the impact that i wanted us to leave on this world and the next it's like to clench something tightly and then taze is just east i just switched the first and last letters because it originates in the east coast because i'm nice. from brooklyn 
So I just switched that and then, yeah. Dope, dope. What would you say inspires this new New York hip-hop movement? Like, I was talking to Messiah about that in my interview with her, where she was just talking about the New York movement that she's a part of. We had used the word... um scene <laughs> the scene but uh the, but the movement that you talk about uh what would you say inspires uh that movement and you know in 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 a way i would say it, it it's kind of reminiscent of what i was seeing with the whole pro era collective when you know when they emerged out of brooklyn some years ago uh but uh like what where where is this movement or this taste grip or this scene that you're a part of um where what inspires it how like I'm I'm curious to know like what music do you guys listen to that has inspired y'all sound? Uh well I mean oh firstly I guess Taze Grip is just like a fragment of okay. like this entire movement. Because it's like the thing about this movement that I feel like a lot of people sometimes get misconstrued is they assume that all of the identifiable players are the sole components of the movement, which is false. Like everybody that everybody that can be identified at least has like 10 people, 20 people with them that all have their thing. Like most of the people in my collective, like I met them not knowing shit about music and they were already developed people. Like I was still like, yo, how do I like find places to rap at? And like, I met these people and they didn't think I was garbage. And like, I like, I, I developed real relationships with them. So it was just like, yeah. And as far as like what inspires us, like, uh, just good music. The, the the thing that that pushes everything forward, I feel like the 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 guiding light is just like this concept of a, is of narrative preservation. I, I always say this because I feel like that's one of the only things that like keeps us grounded. And what I mean by that is that everyone has their own story, and they're very adamant on making sure that that story is told properly. Like as black people, we deal with that all the time. We deal with with the context of our situation and what actually went down being misconstrued and like divvied up all over for like all types of like ulterior motives. So it's like our goal here on like a sonic level is to make sure that doesn't happen. Mm. And it's just like not just for our own existences, but just for the preservation of the existence of this sort of free type of thought, this sort of free development of music. It's like a lot of us, I'm sure, remind people of, em of embers of all types of things, but I don't think that anyone's agenda is to remind anybody of anything. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's kind of just like, this is where we are. And we're trying to just be as authentically ourselves as possible. And the hope is that people resonate with that authenticity. Mm. And I was like, if you don't, that's cool. There's like mad other shit you can listen to, but like, this is what we on over here. So, I mean, yeah, but I, I link up with people and like, these niggas is listening to jazz. This guy's listening to like a Cuban electronic dance music. Like it's just like the like I get put on a something like every other week. So right, it's like, right, and right. I and I constantly like I live under a rock. So like it's it's oh it's a refreshing feeling to be able to walk into a space with like like minded peers and like constantly be edified or like given some sort of like new perspective or layer to add to your entire plate of how you approach the shit. So it's just a, a series of repeated occurrences of steel sharpening steel like that's what i feel like the, mo the movement is it's just constant like material like going up against each other and like just producing even more formidable material from that experience if that makes sense no that makes sense man 
I'm always curious to know, like, what is, you know, what brings a certain collective to the forefront. And I see a, I see, I definitely see a movement here with you, with Maasai, with, you know, just the people that you're connected with. Now, the project that you re- released on 420, the Lightwork EP, with YL and producer Ropa Williams, that kind of came as a surprise project. I didn't even know that you were coming with that. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'm about to interview him so we could talk about that. Tell me how that project came about and what the goal was like you guys had in mind for it. I mean, it's all in the name, no pun intended. Like I, like me, like YL is the homie. Roper Williams is a homie. I, I already have, Roper Williams is, I've rapped on Roper Williams production over a couple of my projects already. So like that was, that was nothing. And YL, consequently through Roper Williams, I've been able to develop a relationship with, and he's the homie. And we've been meaning to get up and I pulled up and we were chilling and Roper was there. And then he played some beats and I was like, yo, <laughs> and then it was one track. And then I was like, yo, let's just like make like two more. And then we made two and we sat on it and we were like, yo, this is cool. And then I went home and then I slept on it and then I woke up and I was like, yo, like we, we, he hit me up to, um, while hit me up to shoot a visual for one of the tracks and when I pulled up to shoot the visual, I was just like, yo, let's add another one. <laughs> and then I was like, let's add two more. <laughs> so I, so it turned into like six things. But the whole idea of it really was just like me and Y both had projects coming out in May. So I felt like it would have been a cool thing to just like one, two birds, one stone. The collaboration is overdue. If it, if it fits organically and it comes out and it sounds fire. Why not put it out? And it also serves as like a like a sort of like um like a beacon. Like, yo, man, like this is like the appetizer to like the two things that we both have, which which takes me back to my original point of me saying that this thing is comprised of like this is a whole thing comprised of very uh functional individual parts. Like everybody, just because like once we leave, like it's on some Justice League shit. Like once everybody just because everybody leaves the tower in space doesn't mean that nobody don't got a city to look over. They don't got mm. their own shit to do. Like when Batman is not with niggas in the watchtower, that don't mean he's not in the Batcave doing shit. So like everybody has an agenda. Everybody had their own itinerary. And we both happen to be dropping shit in May. So I was just like, yo, why not? Why not make something that has nothing to do with what we dropping in May? Because mm-hmm. it's not May yet. And that's just me giving into my own nature of just wanting to drop shit all the time. Mm. So I was just like, yeah. And it was just really organic. Like, you picked out all the beats. The first three was just like, it was just water. Mm. And it was just fun. And like, the way that we felt that it happened, it felt so casual. I was like, yo, let's call it the Lightwork EP. Like, let's not, like, I, like the entire the entirety of this thing to sum it up I guess plainly and simply was like casual bars. And I don't know if that seems like silly, but like just in the sense of like, we wanted to show people that like, you don't have to reach into a deep bag or like create some huge like purpose to just 
put out some good shit. Like it's just like, nah, if I felt like this was good enough and I want people to have it, it's light. We can make more. It's not that deep. We don't gotta like hoard it or anything like that. Like here you dope, go. dope. It it was cool because I think last year you had already have had released a project by this time last year. So, you know, it was cool to finally get something from you in, in the, in the year. Cause I know you usually put out a number of projects within the year. So it's good to have it. You know, it's always cool to get those little surprise projects every now and then, man. Like I, the fans, I'm pretty sure appreciate that. So I want to talk about one of the lyrics or one of the lines from the Lightwork project. Um, on the actual title track, Lightwork, you have a line where you say, current events got Black Mirror looking like the Simpsons. You see mad similarities and symptoms. Like you say that. Um, how'd you come to make that comparison between the two shows? Uh, well, the Simpsons is known for being like highly prophetic with like calling out things that happen, like whether it be in pop culture or just like the, the natural development of society. And like, that's pretty well documented. Everybody got memes about it. We're like, yo, that's freaky. And then Black Mirror, I felt like touched a very similar tangent with like our technological development and where we're going with like security and things of that nature. And the thing that had really spawned that was like before that, I'm like, they got, um, we got robo dogs. I don't know if you saw that video yet, but like those dogs used to be prototypes there was like a video going around a couple of years back at like a Boston Institute or something. And it might not be Boston, but there was like an Institute developing those dogs and like they were running them through a little obstacle course and all types of shit. And like, now we're seeing it's game time. Like that the dog had progressed to an actual like piloting level. It was, it was out and about, it was in the neighborhood. Like police brought it on an investigation and like that, seeing that whole thing come full circle to me, See, one, it made Black Mirror look like <laughs> clairvoyant as shit. And then secondly, it just felt like it felt eerily familiar to that like weird ass uh, inside industry joke that I always feel like people on that other side of the thing are privy to whenever you see things like you see little nuggets of like where the world is going from like people that are like a part of a 1% that aren't even affected by this shit. So it's kind of like a ha ha, look at what you niggas going to have to deal with. Shoot. And I was like, I saw that. And it, it it nudged me in a it made me chuckle in a weird ass way, but mm. it still made me uncomfortable. And I just wanted to write about it. So the, the symptoms thing, just like, yeah, those nuggets that I just point out to you was just to show everybody that we were all on the Internet. We all got the same that same transmission. So it's like, look at where the buildup led. And it's like the similarities and symptoms, because like even if you want to go back and refer more to pop culture and then we look at a how these things end up whenever they reach that um that boiling point let's let's take your random run of the mill like a robot film what happens when the the, the robots become self-aware they they throw the scientists through the wind like they break the, the the robot rules we're not supposed to harm people and all that and it like goes out of hand so it's like just telling people once again to keep your eye on the situation and watch how it develops and try not to be too surprised because science fiction is becoming less fiction like the further we go so like and i thought that that was like a little like a funny irony so mm. like yeah i just wanted to write about it you know i'm always interested to know like where certain lyrics are inspired from you know so um i'm glad that you were able to share you know some insight on that so most of your 
recent project artwork are made up of drawings that almost look like childhood sketches. Is that intentional? And who actually does the artwork? Uh, it It's definitely intentional. And the people that do my artwork, like, it, it fluctuates. I, I can't, I don't think mm-hmm. one person has done any artwork, like, twice. So, I mean, for 11th win, I feel like I started out drawing, drawing the stencil, and it was really bad, and I didn't, I didn't like it. So then I asked my girlfriend to draw it, and my girlfriend has a steadier hand than me. So, like, I had the, the template of like how I want like the drop off the flower, but all my flowers, like the, I, my stem wasn't straight enough or whatever. So I just asked her to draw it. And like, she made all her petals like symmetrical. And I was like, damn. <laughs> and like, yeah. And then I like put the thing in a, like an editor. And then I, I fucked with the color and I made damn. it pink and green and all that. And then for, from the burning East with love, actually I took a picture of like the city and then I sent it to my homie Nelson Bandela and he put the, like, I tried to, once again, I tried to do it myself and I didn't like the software. I had. Like I tried to put a red filter, some shitty ass red filter from some website and it was just garbage. And he had, I don't know what he used, but he put the red over it, and it was like that deep red. And I was like, this is it. And like, yeah. So yeah, generally if I don't have anybody, the energy that I always try to go for my shit is like this authentic uh, fragment of like what I experienced. So I'll, if, if I could draw it, I'll draw it. If if I have a picture that I feel like captures it, it'll be a picture like my phone, something that I took when I was out and about or something. And like, if I don't like, if, if, the, if the camera quality or anything doesn't carry itself all the way through, that's when I'll try to tap into some like external measure to try and amplify that. But like also if I if I'm at the drawing board and that that grittiness is accounted for and I'm cool with that, like with 11th win, for example, then it's cool. Mm. But like generally, I just play it by what I'm trying to convey with the artwork. I see if I have the skill set and if I don't have the skill set, I look through the book for all of the like talented individuals and professionals. And then I try to like meet them halfway and like I give them where my mind is at. I give them the, the, the raw material. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and it's like now what I've been doing for like the last couple, I don't even remember when I started it, but like, I just feel like it makes sense. Like I'll give the project to the artists and I'll let them sit with it and like bump it. And I'll be like, yo, like these are my cornerstones. And like, let me know how you feel about it. Whatever you, whatever, if you want to, if you, at, if it's eight 30 and you get up and you like, yo man, this cover needs a yellow streak, do that. And like, and like, so I don't be trying to restrict people and how they choose to feel and resonate with the thing. Cause that's like, I feel like how you get, that's a true collaboration. And that's how everyone gets to put something forward that they're proud of. Absolutely. You know, with that explanation, it makes me think about how today as independent artists, you know, when you could literally think about an idea, record it overnight and then put it up on Bandcamp, it, it, it really makes me think about the independence and the self-reliance that you get right like that you could you don't have to be this major artist that people know about and I mean fine artists and you could sketch something together and you could just put it out there but it's still art because it's an expression of you right 
So like that that self reliance, I, I could definitely dig it. I mean, whether you get you you get to work with somebody that you're really close with, whether it's a family member or you do it yourself, I really admire that about where the music business is today and the, from the independent standpoint, like we could actually just take these things into our own hand, you know? So that's dope. All right. So yeah, man, again, brother Akai, it's a pleasure having you here, man. So I'm, it's dope that you got this light work project out. I want to talk to you about some of the other projects that you put out as well, but um, let's talk about some of your earlier projects which were actually produced by uh, a, a dude named Iblis um, from like projects like, well, Raph was more recent, but the Mad Moon projects, the you know, from the Burning East with Love and Alone Throughout Heaven and Earth. And I think some, maybe another project or two that I'm missing, he's actually been involved with the production, right? Uh, what makes Iblis, am I saying his name correct? Iblis or Iblis? Iblis. Iblis. Okay, I'm sorry. Iblis. Yeah. What makes his production work for you? What makes the chemistry between you two flow? Um. Well, I, I, it's it's kind of the same premise as like how I how I met people for Taze Rip. Like I'm I'm kind of uh, naive, I guess, in the sense where I I kind of go off of developing relationships off of like my heart before I kind of like assess anybody's like a uh, business viability or whatever. So I kind of like, I go out into this thing, make, making friends. So like I, I, he's, he grew up with a person I went to high school with, who's also in Tay's grip, mm. a produce a fire producer named Shea butter. And he was also on 11th wing. He produced tainted. So they're homies and Iblis was having a function at his crib one night. And then Shay invited me and I pulled up and he was playing beats i did my rapping thing i wasn't asked to him and we traded information and it was just like he's kind of he's one of the people that has been around for a significant amount of time and has like has been able to watch my sound develop and like watch me go from shitty to less shitty and that gave him a really good opportunity i guess to like feel me out and vice versa i also watched like his beats progress so it's kind of like even if it, if there wasn't any real intention behind it we were kind of sharpening ourselves not even necessarily for each other but for like someone formidable or like the, the 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 worthy other piece and like we were just right next to each other um and it's like yeah i i just rap on what sounds good like mm -hmm. it's not really like like there's no there's no exotic signs behind it like it it could be it could come from anybody and anything could be in the beat like there are things that i definitely like there are key points to akai like if if you hit that right i'm probably going to like it but even the way in which i found out i liked those things like it wasn't like i knew i was going to like it i like i heard it in in, in artists that i like like i liked i like what i heard doom rapping over i like what i heard rock, rock marciano rapping over mm -hmm. so i was like yo man all of these dudes that take themselves seriously and that really right. like put the elbow in it, mm -hmm. like this is what I, this is the canvas that allows them to truly spread their wings. So let mm -hmm. me see what happens if I'm really nice. Let me see what happens to me when I I step on this type of shit. And then I did, and then it is what it is. And yeah, 
But um, yeah. I also, I'm sorry, I gotta correct you on Alone Throughout Heaven and Earth. It's not Iblis that produced that. It's a dude named BLS, and that's a oh, different person. Oh yeah. yeah. Thanks for that and correction. I I, I saw okay. the name and I thought it was um I- Iblis. Yeah. When I first dropped that project, mad people did this. Like mad people thought that it's very easy to do that. Their names is, is just a couple of letters off, so it's like it's it's harmless. But um, yeah. But Iblis has been with me for mad long. Like generally, if there if there isn't an intention behind, like if it's not a specific project, like a like a Black Sand or something, eight times out of ten, like if it's something, if it's just an Akai project and it's just everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like just beats a Kai likes to rap on. Uh, it was beat will probably beat it, but like and it's like yeah, like that's my dog. It's like dope, dope. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Have you considered yourself producing yourself? Like, I, I get the vibe that um, like when I hear you rhyme, I, I it it just reminds me of somebody. It, I, it, this may sound crazy, but like the way you rhyme sounds like a producer. Who also rhymes? If you get what I'm saying, <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I I I kind of get it. Like, but like like no one ever told me that. Like um, like Madlib, right? Like even though you don't hear Madlib rhyme a lot as much as before, like so you've probably been told that maybe like your music is a bit abstract in terms of its sound. I'm pretty sure you've heard that, right? And usually when I hear MCs that are really, you know, when when I hear that their approach is abstract, they tend to be producers themselves, you know? And I just like, even before I read the credits to know who produced some of your projects, I just had this feeling like some of this was you. <laughs> but I, I'm just curious to know if that's something you've thought about. Like, you know, even even if you haven't done it, have you tried your hand in you know lending some contributions to production yourself i've definitely tried i definitely try like all the time okay uh before i fucked up my computer i had ableton on it and i was definitely trying to like get my like one or two loops in a day quota and yeah the homies best friend walked me through the beginnings of ableton uh Ibla showed me some things Shea Butter showed me some things like I picked up little nuggets even wavy bagels like uh, all those people and it's like at this point I kind of have like maybe five or ten percent knowledge of like a hand a handful of different softwares so like whenever I'm in proximity to one or if I'm at a homie's crib I'm like yo you got a sample in there like you want to make a beat and like I'll try to do that and if it sounds good I'm like yo bounce that and if not we just leave it there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ask about it, but I definitely uh, try. And okay. the goal is to definitely get to a place where I feel like I could tell people that, or I could be more overt with it. But yeah, indeed. But, yeah. I mean, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Um, I just wanted to ask about it. So I actually want to ask you about another project, but let me, before I do that, let's go into 11th win. Um, I want to ask about one of the songs on 11th Wind. There's a song on there entitled Tetsuo. Am I pronouncing that right? (laughs) Okay, cool. So uh, on Tetsuo, you have a line where you say, peace is an investment. 
while what disturbs are taxes. Profound line. Can you talk about what made you come up, come to that realization? Uh, sure. I mean, first, uh, I think it's a uh, piece is an investment while what disturbs it taxes. Oh, but, what deserves what yeah. disturbs it? Dis- taxes. No, disturb. Yeah. But either way, where I was going with that is just like, yeah, like peace is something that you 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 put you put work in and you put hours in. And it's, and it's not something that's built in a day like anything like anything worthwhile. And what disturbs it, like the, the powers that be your one percent. Your organized uh, entities, like all of these, uh, like systemic racism, all these things are able to leave like a, a a carbon footprint or something that's able to gradually, constantly impede on you. Like it's not a one-stop transaction. Like the the inconvenience that you get from like your government during something like a pandemic, with like the like with like the infrastructure failing, is not a one-time thing. You didn't wake up and realize that you might have not been able to get your hours, and then that was it. First thing that happened is that your your hours dwindled. Then it was harder for you to get somebody on the line about your unemployment benefits. Then that that trickles down into like disgruntled people on your block in your neighborhood. Like it's like the butterfly effect of conflict that all stems from all of these big brother entities or whatever you attribute your discord to. That's that's kind of like the thing I like to do with my lines. Like it's really easy to pick a side for me, but I feel like that it's way cooler to be able to say things that cover both sides. So it's like, these are macro and micro problems. You like, like this, that line applies to the beef you might have on your block, the strife that you're having in your family and like the problems that you're gonna have in your workplace and the problem that you deal with on a national level at the same time, because it's like, you, there is a, there's a, there's a form of peace that one would try to preserve at each of those levels. And there is an adversary that would come to conflict with that peace at all of those levels. So it kind of peters out and you kind of walk away with that same gem, no matter where you're at in your life, if it applies. Mm. That's where I was at. It's like, it, it's a constant give and take. It's never a one-stop thing. Mm. And I was like, yeah. Deep, deep. Your flow, you know, when I, when I listen to it, it has sort of a laid back style to it, right? Like laid back draw to it, but you have a, a really unique voice that works well with that flow, with that laid back flow. On the song Tainted, you say, make melody out of the mess that I make out of these lines. Can you elaborate on the reason for that line? Well, I like, um, the thing I was telling you earlier where it's like you want to get the raw material out and then like you go back into the, the board, you go back to the drawing board or you go back into the workshop and then you fine tune it. Like that secondary cut before, like 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 the 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 one time I guess that Jay Z writes a verse because he he barely writes the verses. Like like whenever a person just proofreads before they send it out, and like you get your chance to do all of that. Like for me, when I do that, or just in general, like make a melody out of the mess of these lines is alliteration. It's just off of the uh, the repeated uh, M sound. So like I'll I'll walk into a thing having that like I'll be like all right when I'm writing a verse. There's like a handful of like literary devices I want to get off my chest. It could be in this part of the song or that part of the song. But like for me to feel like I actually use my brain, I should put these in here at some point. I should practice these things. And yeah, make a melody out of the mess of these lines was a clever way of speaking facts. Cause the the mess is the is my life that I put into this music. 
and then somehow I make it worth singing along to. That's the melodic element. Mm. And like people vibe with that. So that was that was really all that that was. It's like it's 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 the subtleties I feel like that are like the makings of like the greats. Like people yeah. are sitting back and talking about lines that Nas and Biggie have said, and it won't be the the hoopa doopa 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 thing. It'll, it'll be like the four lines that niggas will miss. And it was like, I really love when people when I'm able to watch people gain so much from so little. And it just like that type of shit really speaks to the uh the survivability aspect of humanity and black people and just resourcefulness. So like I like being able to give some type of little game that could make people do that. And I, it's also like, it's just like, just art of war shit. Like being able to convey much by saying little, it's just mm. like, that's fire. I feel like your your lyrics, a lot of people tend to miss on first value. Like they literally, like I've, I was listening to some of your, like with even with this light work project, I was listening to it earlier. And the more I honed in, and repeated the listens, the more I got. But you were saying, it's kind of like how, um, similar to MF Doom, you, he says a lot in a little bit of time. <laughs> and the more you go back, you realize how much is being said in tracks that's like one minute and like 40 seconds. You know what I mean? And... I think that's um, that's a special thing as an artist because a lot of times we listen to music just to get it right away, you know. But there's a lot of I would I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't use the word hidden gems, but there's a lot to unpack if you go back and listen to it intentionally with trying to learn something. And I feel like that's what happens a lot in your music. You do have standout moments where I'm like, boom, it hits. And then, but there's moments that um, you really got to go back and listen. But I appreciate that music because I think that's the type of music that lasts a lot longer. You know, that's the music that people find out about years later and they like, and everybody's talking about it. And then it's, dr it's driving. Well, there's a select group of people that are talking about it and it's driving more people to it you know to to listen to it so you have a line uh well this is not necessarily a line but you say this i feel a few times in your music you say undefeated of the east how did that phrase come to be uh <laughs> undefeated of the east is this moniker that uh this character from this anime that i watched me and my homie that I met in college. His name is his name is uh, God Such. His, his name now is Elric, and he's also in Grip. And like like I mean like I met him in college, so we both had sociology together. And he made beats. Found out I rapped, and we would just go to his crib in Harlem. And we we I found out that he liked the same show in particular, and that was that just blew my mind. And they called themselves like his the dude Sensei. And that dude, they called themselves the undefeated of the East. He was like the nicest nigga. And I was just like, how many times, how how many chances am I going to have to have a, a anime reference come up that actually references loosely the East Coast? Like, how could I flip that? And like, it just felt like it was given by like God. So I was like, nah, we about to take that. 
And when we make music, just like how when me and Iblis make music, we go by Mad Moon. When me and my homie Elric made music, we would go by Undefeated of the East. And like, yeah. So at first it was just like a homage and like a shout out and just playing the flag of, of the existence of that. But then it became like a, a philosophy. And it was just like a, like I, there's all types of shit that I'll be saying. Like the philosophy really overall is just an overarching, like drilling in of taking the number one headband. Like, like niggas is not secondary in any capacity, whether you put me to your big next to your big name or next to the top pick in this circuit. Like nobody's in the business of bending over and taking it lightly. And that's what goes back to everybody being so um, gung ho on preserving their narrative. Mm. Nobody's trying to be branded as a sidekick. Mm. And it's like that's that's especially true with me. So even then, that was my energy. That's my energy now. So it was just like a really clever way to be firm with with what the agenda is with these particular cats that you find yourself listening to a random person. Like you hear that type of shit. You should be like, all right, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know who this nigga think he is, but okay. And it's like, yeah, just to spark that intrigue and just that little morale boost. Like, all right, we doing this shit. Take ourselves seriously. Have some sort of like faith in ourselves. Wow. I, I wouldn't have made a connection to an anime with that with that line, but that's dope. <laughs> um, how you speaking of anime? How you feel about the the Yasuki series coming out? I'm pretty hype about that. Yeah. Uh, I like yo, yeah, like that's a that was, that's a good move. Um, Flying Lotus. Yeah, and, shout uh, out to Flying Lotus. Who, who else is is it? Is it the 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 Ryan B. Coogler dude? I'm not sure, man. I I just I just know that the you know the idea you know of course the historic record of you know the the black samurai uh i think it's so dope because you never really get a chance to see animes with black people you know like black characters you know so yeah i just wanted to ask you about that while we were on the topic of anime no absolutely yeah Yeah, i'm definitely hyped the representation is definitely needed and it looks really good too like it's one thing to have representation but they be trying to give they be trying to give niggas the shitty under the stick by destroying the method of transport for the rep- mm-hmm. representation. So yeah. I'm glad this time they not doing that. Yeah. So and yeah, I, I mean, I'm hyped. It should be coming out in a couple of days. I think it comes out the 29th. Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm definitely going to tune in and yeah. hopefully it lives up to all them promo trailers. Right, right. And I like the fact that it's a historic figure, you know, like it, it's, it's real. Like you, like kids could watch this and be a, you know, people could, people could watch this and go back and learn about this actual cat, you know, this person, you know, and you know, you know, the, the impact he made. So one of the doper tracks from the raft album, which stands for ride alone, fly together, uh, that really stands out to me is called standalone calm. And you have a lyric, uh, very, very, profound lyric like it is one of those lyrics like i was telling you earlier like you just i just hear you in your pocket with this lyric you say um till they stop discussing tactics that doesn't mean they stop planning it just means they stop telling you a thousand ends brought up project coop it doesn't mean that it's exceptional it just means that people make exception cool I'm trying to go with your flow. <laughs> can you talk about what inspired you to tap into such a thought-provoking line? Like, can you explain what you meant by those? Uh, yeah. It was just, um, 
I guess speaking to the fact that nothing is as it seems, like that that age old adage or axiom, whichever one's proper. Just saying that it's just like you know, just oh, never be afraid to like uh turn over the rock and just look under it and inspect your surroundings. Don't get too complacent. Don't get comfortable. It's just like just because you don't see the conversation taking place, just because you can't confirm the thing with your eyes doesn't mean it's not taking place somewhere like it's just like like like, like i said something today it was kind of like um like i showed you where the birds were at just because you didn't look up doesn't mean they're not flying mm. type shit so it's like these gems are for you to be able to like enhance the, the quality of how you navigate and it's like if you choose to turn a blind eye to that then like the consequences that come as a result of that are is on you and then like the, the whole thing is just like just going off of that same concept of just because you can't confirm it, just because it's there does not definitely make this all there is. I take that into like music assessment just because like people will come all day and we see we, we've seen people talk about it like on like a mainstream level of like arguing with like math and numbers and like trying to assess or um yeah evaluate the worth of like a musical product contribution based on like how much sales it did. And like, for me, I feel like that's not always like, like the saying is that numbers never lie. And I feel like that's not true because if the numbers are put in place by people that can lie, mm. then those numbers are not infallible. Like there's a flaw in them. So that's where I was going with that. Like the, first of all, we've also, we've, it's just funny how that line develops because then after that, we start finding out that people are faking streams and also the numbers can be skewed. So it's like, aha. So just because you saw 2 million blah, 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 does not mean that that homie is worth that. That means that the team know what they're doing in them, in them rooms. And like, so yeah. So the idea is just like, just because someone is able to put this arbitrary number in front of you, this doesn't mean that like, that's a definitive period on the conversation. Mm. Like what, what makes the project is the project. Like Don't. what goes into it. It's not about the, like, like the promo run and all of that, they all excel in their own ways and they all have their own importance. I'm not trying to undermine that, but those things are not the body of work. Like, like the experience that you describe when you go and revisit and you listen to something over and over and you sit with it, you wake up like that assessment, how, how many people can, can walk away from that and have something of substance to tell you and like convey to the next person and keep that organic spark of dialogue over the comments. Like that's what makes a good body of work or at least a controversial or sensational body of work to at least be talked about. Like anybody with a strong enough budget can create that, that number. Right. Like, like uproar in my opinion. So it was just to let people know that like, don't put all your chips in this basket of evaluating what makes something hot or not. Like, you know, like, like do your own research. Mm. Yeah, sit with things. Indeed, indeed. Well said. You know, going back to that line, like I think what really stands out too is the the melody that's happening. It's almost like you're you're singing the raps at, at, at a certain point. How like how did you get into that pocket? Uh, that pocket is kind of like like I look at I I look at raps or like flows as like sword stances. And for me, that's that stance was like one of the first ones I've had 
for a while. Like before I changed my rap name, I felt like that was like the only one I kind of had. That and like my uncanny ability to go places and just freestyle. Like, that was all I was good at. And I didn't like, but it was like, yeah, the person that really inspired me to start rapping before I, I dug into Doom, RIP, before I got into Nas was Kid Cudi. So it was like, Kid Cudi is the reason why I even thought someone like me could even be a rapper. Because at this because at this point, like 2008, like, like we, we, we got Obama. And at the same time, though, 106 and Park's top 10, we got T.I. in the mix. We got all types. Of, like the South is running rampant. And they got their foot on their neck on, on our necks. And I didn't see any representation for someone like me mm. in that top 10 lineup. So I was kind of just like, all right, this shit is cool. I know the words to this song, but I could never be a rapper. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I didn't, and like I live under a rock. So I didn't know about, I didn't hear college dropout. I didn't know about Kanye. Or so like for me, what Kanye represented to a lot of people with that phase, Cuddy did for me. Wow. Like, so it was just like that. And I and I was sleep on Cuddy at first. Like when day and night was circulating, and I'm a I'm a very anti-type of nigga. Like I don't like when people try to tell me I should do something because like I'm not a bandwagoner. So like I wanna I wanna come to the well on my own terms. So like I wasn't feeling the day and night shit for mad long. And one night I was in my crib and I was just up late and I just typed in, I just typed in his name. And I saw soundtrack to my life and I played that shit and that was not day and night. And I fucked with that shit. And like, I saw the visual. So like, I got to like see this nigga in a, 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 I got to see him again, just like with the day and night, but the day and night shit was kind of like trippy and had all that. Like the soundtrack to my life thing was slower. It kind of had like tour footage. So it felt more organic and like, Mm. it was him. I fucked with his vibe. He felt like he was just smoking weed and he had on like skinny jeans. I had just started wearing skinny jeans because I was skating and shit. So like I felt like I could relate to him. Then I looked up all of his interviews and shit. And like he was at this time, like he's coming up with B.O.B., like like Mickey Fax, Charles Hamilton, like Drake. And that double XL cover. Yeah. yeah. And if you looked at all of their interviews, like Charles Hamilton was doing this thing, like everybody was doing anything, but like. The, the of course we, we remember the, the Drake interview where he's rapping off the black the, the Blackberry and like it don't feel like real hip hop. Meanwhile, this man Cuddy, I'm counting like three, four interviews. This nigga is rapping off the top of his head and like bodying it. And that blew my mind. Cause I was just wow. like, yo, this nigga does not look like the rapper, but he's walking, he's rapping over the classic beats, he's doing the thing. And he's walking out of here with his bait vest and his 10 deep hat. So I'm just like, yo, man, that that seems a little bit more plausible. And I fucked with that. And he does that. That's Cuddy's style. Like he's very melodic and shit. So when I would freestyle before I had before I didn't have any templates to like use. And I was just like, all right, well, like, let me try that. And like I could hold a note. Like I did like mild plays and shit in elementary school. So it was like. Thankfully, when I open my mouth, it's not garbage when I try to do that. But I'm not a singer. But I just took that that theory from like like a lot of people attribute that sing song shit in this modern thing to Drake. I give that all to Cuddy to me personally. And like if anybody want to have that conversation, I got receipts and I can let them know where I feel like it went wrong. And when like I feel like Cuddy is low. And this this ain't no shade to Drake team piece of his success. 
But like, I just feel like one of the first people, like people always be like Drake be taking people powers and like stealing a sword. I feel like Cuddy was one of the first people he did that to. He was in the Pursuit of Happiness video. It was all buddy buddy. And then right after that, best night ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, all right. So yeah, but like I really got that that slice from Cuddy. And yeah, I put it in my pocket because right when I was ready to change my name, people only wanted that from me. And I was trying to let niggas know like I'm not a sing-songy dude. I just I like to put a little twist on the thing every now and then. So then I stopped doing it because niggas was not listening. Niggas was trying to pigeonhole me. So I was like, I'm going to stop doing that. But it comes out sometimes got it, because got it, it just feels appropriate. And it came out on that song. Yeah. Like, I think it I think it really works for you. And, and you know, I don't want to pigeonhole you. I know you, you're evolving, right? So that's a beautiful thing. But I just from a listener standpoint, it definitely works for you. But speaking about Cuddy, like I would have never saw that initially. But now as you talk about it in relation to this actual flow that you have on this song, it actually makes sense. You know, but I, I like you like on face value, I can't see it. But now I can see it. That's but that's dope, man. Um, it's, it's always interesting to find out, you know, how people are inspired and who they're inspired by. Right. It, you, you'll find out like, wow, I would never think. But that was that's dope. Um, so. At the end of the song, Beast of Gratitude, you have a line where you repeatedly say, with the Meccas and Meccas in Bay, with the Meccas and Meccas in Bay, I be thinking, wait, it'll be okay. I just want to clarify, like, what does Meccas and Meccas in Bay actually mean? <laughs> like, these are like lines that I'm like, yo, what, like, I just want to know what you mean. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, but go ahead, clarify uh, for me. Nah, sorry. Um, Meccas... Well, Mecca is the holy ground. So okay. Mecca, so are already like that. I, I'm, I'm I'm using Mecca and I'm using that holy ground as a metaphor for like a, a checkpoint, a place of reprieve, a moment of rest. And the Meccas is another anime reference. The show that I told you about where the Undefeated of the East thing is from, like the, the way that people fight in that show is they get in giant robots. And those are in like one a different a synonymous term for giant robots are mechs. So mm. like if I saw an opportunity to play with language there. And Mecca and Mecca literally sound the same. So it was easy after that. And then it'll be okay is that the idea is like, while we're on standby, waiting to get deployed again into like the mission of your life, whatever you got to do for the day, the idea is what you're running over and over before you jump out, before you get in, before you put your game face on, is that things will resolve itself mm -hmm. at the end of this 24 o'clock. And like people say that, you know, be mindful of your words and all those things because those things have power. So the idea is like if you before you jump out, if the last thing that you had was something positive, something with like a healing effect, something um protective, that 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 feeling will carry you through like any type of hardship you come through today. So it's just like, and it's also like my whole thing is to not just sit and hope, but to hope and plot just in case it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So you're not doomed. So like what I'm doing and what's happening in that bay isn't merely hoping it'll be okay. But the Meccas are also a representation of like, yo, warfare. So if it doesn't go the way it has to go, we can step to this measure. Mm -hmm. But the idea for that line and just the utilization of the, of the, of, of alliteration again, to make it feel so fluid and kind of like a rapid punch is to just show you that's how quick those circumstances can come to a service for you to have to make that decision mm. and how fast you have to, um, 
rise to those decisions and that circumstance. So it was like, wow. Wow, man. Yeah, man. Your music is layered, man. So I appreciate you breaking it down. And thanks for asking. <laughs> Nobody be asking. <laughs> That's why I'm here, brother. Like I want to, you know, like I, I really listen. Right. And obviously I'm scratching the surface with all that you have to say in your lyrics, but I feel like if I'm interested, then maybe somebody else <laughs> is interested in knowing what you have to say. And hopefully it'll enhance their experience with your music, right? It'll make the music more fun to listen to or give it a greater meaning. So let's go, let's go to another track. As you can see, I'm a, I'm a lyric head. So, you know, I'm going through some of your lines. Um, I, I think Raft is one of my, is probably like the, the, my favorite project so far from you. Um, I do have to say I haven't checked out all of your body of work, but, you know, for the ones that I have listened to so far, uh, Raft is definitely up there for me. Um, you have a, a song entitled With the World in Mind featuring Pink Sifu. Um, and on it, you have a line where you say, if it isn't meant to shatter, it'll last. No other options, really. And if it break despite the effort, it may have never been worth it. Before condemning self, try considering that. Of course, you go on to say other things. But I wanted to stop there, just to reflect on that line. Beyond what you say in that line, what has helped you to push forward in life and maintain a peace of mind despite prior, you know, circumstances of disappointments. Just kind of building on that line and, and what you're conveying on that line. Because it's a deep line. I actually had to listen to it again to be like, because it's, it's one of those lines where you kind of like, you get you get the first part of it and then you go back and you listen to it and it's like, okay, I get it. But you really got to like, make sure you catch every word, <laughs> you know, because it's not, it, you could, if you miss one word, you could miss the actual you know, significance of the line. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I guess to answer the first question is like, and, and that's the thing is like, the thing with my music is this advice or like whatever I'm saying, like it, it's all like live. Like I, like I, like I kind of internalize it and I like, I, I, I go back to it and there are like things in it that, I still haven't grasped and I'm still trying to master. And like that is, 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 is a shard of that. Like I, I take that line and the, the bigger thing that it's attached to that helps me deal with um, things like disappointment or persevering in, in the face of that stuff is like the complete abandonment of expectation. Kind of just like, like it feels cliche, but it's some real shit. It's like, if you, if you don't set yourself up with a standard, to be met then nothing can be met or not met and it's like once that that contrast isn't identified like it's it's right after that 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 rift is identified the disappointment follows mm. that the stress is going to follow mm -hmm. so if you never make that connection or you don't ever uh you don't anchor yourself to it and you let things fall where they be it'll be way easier in post as you're dealing with it mm -hmm. like the like the big problem with me is that like I hold things to like a high standard sometimes. And it's like, 
a big thing that I have to do is to completely dismantle that high horse. And I found my, like, I found it way easier to deal with the negatives. Once I realized I didn't put the positives on such a high ass stool, like, like I'm going to put the positive box of Cheerios on like the tallest fridge Mm -hmm. and nobody can reach it. Not even myself. That's a losing battle. So I kind of just take the positive O's off of the top of the, the, the tallest fridge and maybe put it a little bit more in reach. And it's, it's all about also opening your, expanding your standards on what that positivity can comprise of. So it's like, basically, it's it's not, it's abandoning expectation and opening the window of, of what is acceptable, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the same. I'm not really trying to tell people to lower their standards, but maybe open up the realm of what is a standard. So it was like, instead of me, so it's like, if I don't like the color green, like maybe instead of, like, first I'll try to figure out like how substantial is my dislike of the color green. And if, if, it, if it's not that substantial, maybe I'll try to see if there's like a nuance or something within that experience that I don't like. Maybe it's not that I don't like green. Maybe I don't like forest green. Maybe I don't like a, like a, a lily green. Mm-hmm. But if I get faced with like a, a dark green or, or a camo, I'm I'm not at a loss. So it's like it's just like really finding out the, the the true depth of your your gripe or your your situation or whatever and like seeing if that can't be rectified and modified before it comes up in your life again. And like if you can modify that, the idea is that you should be able to modify how you respond to it. And that's another thing, response over reaction. Mm. Like it's way better to respond to something versus reacting. Reacting is 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 my is, is spontaneous. Right. Is, is, on the dime responding is 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 calculated it's like you 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 sat with it so it's it's not you look before you leap reacting is just leaping mm. so it's like I, I try to to not leap without looking and yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at well said man well said on kizuna part two you have a line where you say people don't pop up they was there the whole time Lost the noise of the world in your peripheral, so shine. Can you expound on the meaning behind that line as well? The peripheral soul shine is is literally that. It's like I believe that every person next to you has their their own value, their own purpose that they can edit at will. I'm not really like I have tons of lines about flipping off fate and defying like predetermined like activity. That's really that's that's how I feel. Like I feel like like one of the really cool things about humanity is is that ability. It's like yeah, a lot of things are are guided, and you. And I'm not trying to sh- shit on nobody beliefs, but I also feel like the flip side is that of that is whether it's all worth it or worthless to resist. We have the ability to take as many detours and to make whatever magic we can out of that detour. You could have just went straight, but today you chose to make a left and a right. And then you stopped at this park and then something happened at this park. And like it's like just the ability, the ability of that possibility and the magnificence that can come from taking advantage of that possibility at the right time. is like is one of the real cool parts of humanity's development. Mm. And then people don't pop up. They were there the whole time is is me for once walking with that fate. That I just said I like to flip off because it's like, yo, some like like what's the saying? Like there are no coincidences. It's like 
you was meant to be in that room mm. with that dude that you ended up making like the fucking most fire song on the album with like like that wasn't a run-of-the-mill thing like that was for you and the stars that was for humanity this was supposed to happen to push us in this direction and it's like don't beat yourself up on why that happened don't like don't don't like unnecessarily critique yourself or i guess interrogate yourself on on why these things happen like if, if they if they have a positive impact if they push things forward embrace them with both arms open and just figure out how to springboard and amplify off of that like don't don't waste brain cells trying to figure out why a good thing happened just just get through the good thing try to see if you can expand on the goodness mm. harness it figure out the science like if you waste too much time at, like it's good to ask questions you just got to ask the right whys so dope, like, dope. Yeah. You know, um, when I heard the line, is another one of those lines I had to really play back and, and, and try to piece what I could gather from it. And I'll, I'll just share what I what I what I felt like I gathered. But I like I like your explanation because it that sounds really dope too. But what I gathered from it when I thought about it, I thought about this idea that, you know, you could be somebody grinding for mad years trying to make it right and it's only a select few that might recognize your talents or you know what you're you know what you're here to do right what you're capable of and then eventually you you know you become you become more known and you become more popular or whatever and then some of those same people it could even be family members right like like people that wasn't paying attention to you they now start paying attention. So that's how I was interpreting the line. But I, at the same time, I, I always leave room for the possibility that it could be something else. But I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, uh, but it was also like really dope to hear what you intended with the line. That's why I love doing these interviews because I really want to understand what the artist meant. Nah, for sure. So, yeah. And that's that's a fire takeaway. Like I'm not even mad at that takeaway. It, it can mean that now. Yeah. It doesn't have like it like and that's a that's the fire thing about music. Like it resonated with you and it was able to connect that dot and like doing the math and like checking the work, it makes cognitive sense on how you came to that conclusion. So like that's not bullshit. Like that shit is valid. So for me, it's like that's what you took away from that, it means that shit. Right. Like like that, like your your interpretation is not secondary to my interpretation. Like I don't is is like these these they're juxtaposed with each other and they're part of a larger conversation. That's deep. That's deep. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. So Akai, if I had to ask you to define yourself, right? Akai solo the artist, how would you define yourself musically? Um Kind of like, like, like organized chaos. That's kind of like what I feel like I am. I'm, I'm the, um, I'm like the, uh, not as far as like, um, like that actually, actually it's in my Twitter bio, uh, a bridge and a spark. Mm. Like, and like, I feel like I'm a bridge between mad things like I, i'm a bridge between blackness and anime i'm a bridge between uh perceived alternative blackness 
and like uh on the nose shit. Like I'm I'm not I'm not a I'm not a gangster. I'm not like anything like that. But like even if you look at how people refer to 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 black people or how they refer to blackness as an experience, like niggas have like an expectation or like a, a top five of what they'll put into the pot and maybe secondary thing like 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 I was watching son I think I was watching the wire and like like there was like a nigga said son he was like um like niggas is not in the uh trap reading comic books or whatever which isn't true but like just that misconception of like not giving black people and giving blackness its appropriate range mm. and not showing that people are people no matter what circumstances they are, and they're entitled to pursue whatever they feel makes them feel their most genuine self. Me, I am I am that pursuit. I am I'd like to think or like to hope that black people, especially, look at me and look at my shit and look at how I carry myself and would get this this really reckless but genuine honesty of being that everyone is capable of that more people are navigating than like the lens that which we are viewed through likes to give people credit for and is and it's just like plausible and yeah like you are what you are but none of those individual things come completely come are are, are the whole mm. those things are their own individual conversations that once again loop back to a larger one mm. and yeah I'm a spark at the same time because I feel like that existence, I feel like existence in an environment where it's not meant to flourish is a natural act of rebellion. And that's what I feel like blackness is. Niggas is not trying to have the roads get too far. So anytime there's any progression in any part of history, whether it be like a musical occurrence or like a political stride or anything, it's kind of just like a big like. We wasn't supposed to get this far. And every time we make one of those strides, it's a ripple effect. And now we got 10 more black gymnasts. We got five, like, it's like, it, we, mm. we get further despite mm -hmm. how far, how much of the key they want to give niggas mm -hmm. to get inside. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm just playing my part in that. It's just mm. like the black excellence doesn't stop. We manifest in all corners and it comes out and leaves the same imprint that niggas was here. Niggas contribute. And niggas always have something to say, and 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 is and, and niggas has shit to do, and niggas always got it done. Mm. So I'm just a spark for that um that natural engine, that mm. will to matter as you be. Mm. How do you see your music, you know, growing or evolving? Like, where, what is the ultimate impact you would like your music to have? Have you like, you know, I don't know if you've thought about that or, you know, forecasted the future of what you would like your music to um, represent moving forward? Uh, Well, the, definitely resolve. I want my music to be determination music. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like determination and, and resolution, they're, they're concepts. They're, they're, they're important. Like, the concept funds everything that, is the top of the branch is the top of the tree that branches out into all types of things. If you're not determined, you're not going to get up and go to work. Mm -hmm. You're not going to um, make sure that uh, you take care of yourself. Like you need will mm -hmm. to even live your life. 
So like I'm trying to be that will mm. on like a universal level, like and and that's why I said it, it like it, it has application on 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 a macro and micro level, no matter where you at. You need determination to bust that play. You need determination to to hit that jumper. You need determination to to talk to that person that you have feelings for. To uh put that extra oomph in that passion project, you know, to go to the gym and drop those pounds you want to drop. Like no matter where you at, no matter how much setup you think you are, you gonna need that. So it's like, I want to represent something undeniable and mm. vital. I don't want to be undeniable for my ego's sake. I want to be undeniable on like on a necessity level. Mm. Like it's like, nigga, if you didn't have any will to get up in the morning, you was gonna sit in that bed and die. And it's like, but you didn't because something pushed you. Mm. Like that purpose, that overarching thing, whether it was for your mom or your cat, or because you want to be able to, you want to look at yourself and like be proud in the mirror or whatever it is. Big or small, it still has a value. Mm. So it's like what I'm after is undeniable value. And on some on some human shit, top five that are alive. <laughs> like, come on. I like, could it's not it. even a game. I'm, I'm from New York. So it's like you have to understand. You already know we take it, we, we're not playing with that. Like, like the pen is not a joke. Like, I don't like if you want to if you want to hone in on anime bars, you could do that. There was like a hundred other bars where I already outbarred you. So like I got time to play with this. So it's like, yeah. Like we, it's not a game. You know, it's interesting you speak about determination because there's a a certain will that it takes to put out as much projects that you put out. You know, and that mindset of like, I'm gonna keep creating. You know, like how do you get past some of the blocks that may come? You know, in terms of recording and push through with with the determination. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's the question. Um, I don't know. It's it's not something I've mastered. Like, mm. I feel like it's just you gotta let it cool down. I kind of feel like when if 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 I feel like the well is drying up, that means that I should go live some life, mm. and like. At the end of the day, when I when I set myself up to the standard of making sure that the raw material has to be honest, once I try to write something and I feel like I'm trying hard before there's even anything on the paper, I shouldn't be writing right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I kind of have like little uh, positions or checkpoints in place that I feel like once I start committing to them mentally, I'm like, I right, I'm doing too much. But like once it comes. I kind of just like first I I I have the the huge doubt. I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm whack now. It's over. <laughs> and then I like wake up and I realize, well, I can't really quit or anything like that because I I love it too much. Mm. So is it so I kind of just like sit down and I just start listening to like everything mm. around me um like from the dead noise and like the crib to like what i'm watching i i, I kind of like take a step back out of myself and i try to be way more sensitive with what i take in or i try to look or i try to look at what i'm not taking in mm. and i just get really like really into myself and like introspective and i just try to like give myself a quick evaluation on where i'm at and what could possibly be producing this block mm. or this feeling of this block and i see if i'm fucking up on a on a point 
And then that's usually where I realized that I was procrastinating and there was mad books I was supposed to read and I was bullshit and I didn't read them. That's why I feel so dumb right now. Mm-hmm. There's like a video I was putting off or whatever it may be. And then I just start walking through those those portals. Yeah. Like I make time to read that shit. Yeah. When I go outside, I'll pay attention a bit more. And it's just like things like that. And I kind of just take myself back to basics with how I sit with my world. And well hopefully said, by man. then it, it, I start writing shit that's good and then yeah well said brother well said so akai uh again man i want to thank you so much for taking the time with me today man i had a pleasure talking with you but before we go tell the people what you got in store for the rest of the year because i know you got some 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 projects coming up to my knowledge you have a project with navy blue right um produced by navy blue is that is that coming soon Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna drop it in May. Oh, like, so that's real. right around yeah, the corner. That, yeah, we it, we 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 coming. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drop something off that uh tomorrow actually. So I'm gonna drop a track. Yeah, well today I guess it's twelve. So yeah, in a couple hours when I wake up again, I'm gonna drop a track. Uh, in May the whole thing will come out. I'm working on. A project that's going to be executive produced by Billy Woods. I'm gonna like drop it on uh, Backwoods Studios. Shout out Billy Woods. Dope. That's dope. just gonna be cool. Um, and then, you know, I got some other like spontaneous bombs that's not really spontaneous. And then, yeah, I'm gonna try to get back into this producer shit. Like what you said really uh, moved me. I'm just no one's ever told me that I rap like a producer, so I feel like I should like try to uh, be better with that. When and, um, when I came up with the question, honestly, I I was I I didn't even formulate it that way. It just came out like that. <laughs> but you get the gist of what I meant. But go ahead, yeah. Nah, but yeah. So the navy blue thing is first visuals, then vinyl for people that like that shit. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I got a couple things in the tank. So it's like it's not really gonna be that different i'm just trying to organize my yeah that's why i call it i'm trying to organize my chaos a little bit better and that's that's what it is so yeah there's shit on the way though dope dope man i'm looking forward to it man man so again brother thank you so much i wish you all the best in your career you know continue success if you want to shout out some of your social media pages and, you know, websites where, you know, where people can find you, feel free to go ahead and do that. Uh, sure. Uh, my Instagram and my Twitter are Shinlone Red, S-H-I-N-L-O-N-E-R-E-D. Shin, like, you know, the, the thing that's attached to your leg is Japanese for true. Lone, you know, like loner without an R, you know, and red. Cause you know what that color is and you know, stay black, stay beautiful, uh, hyper love, hyper power grip over everything. Thank you for having me on your platform. Shout out out the box TV. Stop playing with yourself, support black publications, podcasts, all types of content, tap in for the real perspective. And it's not a game. Appreciate that brother. So to all of our listeners out there, you know, just go ahead. Remember to go check out our website, outtheboxmedia.com. You know, you can catch up with a, the plethora of shows. You know, we, we've been putting out a lot of shows over the years, Akai, man. Um, 
we've been putting out interviews since 2009. So, you know, Damn. some of them people that you mentioned from like, you know, like Rock Marciano to Jay Electronica to, um, I mean, Odyssey. I mean, the list goes on, man. We've we've interviewed a number of these artists, man. And you, the beautiful thing is you could catch it right on this channel, Out The Box TV. And uh, you can go back to the website and catch all of the uh, episodes, man. And I'm going to tap in. That's this this legendary. Indeed, man. Yeah, man. I got some I got some joints up there, man. Some and I mean, back then I was actually doing uh the interviews. You wouldn't you really wouldn't see me much because I was really behind the camera and um I, it was more like mini documentary type stuff. So, you know, of course this was before the pandemic where I was able to go out and record people in their in their spaces and it's so much, man, so much, man. So this platform has been around for well over a decade, but I want to say in the past year, the last year and this year, we've been really, really consistent, you know, like dropping episodes every week. So I'm glad to add you to the uh, interviews on the platform, brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm proud to be a part of it, man. Like, thanks for seeing something. Respect, like, man. Respect. Respect. So, um, yeah, so to all of our listeners and viewers, make sure y'all go to the website. Uh, and, you know, till next time, man, we, we, we'll have a brand new episode every Friday. Check us out. We are also, you know, you can catch our podcast, our audio podcast on Spotify, Google, you know, Apple Podcasts. So make sure you go there to catch the high quality audio. And until next time, I just want to say peace, love and light. Y'all stay focused, y'all stay healthy, y'all stay safe, and we out. Yeah. Peace.